Good afternoon. This is Rich Ness, Executive Vice President with Open Systems Media here for this week of the Embedded Insiders, which is brought to you by the Trusted Computer Group. The TCG provides proven standards for built-in security. Learn how to secure the insecure Internet of Things and embedded systems at www.trustedcomputinggroup.org. Hello, Brandon. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. You know, right now I'm actually thinking about ways that I can get a soundboard and integrate it into this podcast. I want to get some weird noises going and make fun of you when you say dumb things. Well, you wouldn't have much use for that, would you? <laughs> what does that mean? I don't say dumb things. Uh, well, you're the one who was saying, what was it, last week or the week before, how you didn't think that machine learning was for real? It's coming. We've gotten like five articles on the site about it right now, really good ones. You know, uh, that brings up an interesting point. I, I spoke to Movidius today, and um, they are um, well down the path to some of, this thing, you know, some of these machine learning things. They're actually embedded into, into products. I wasn't aware of that, that they're actually in-shipping products like cameras and things. Um, pretty cool stuff. And, and now, now that they're part of Intel, it was actually interesting, um, shouldn't say this, but the guy who I spoke to, you could tell that he's ingrained in Intel already. Well, you know, when I was asking him questions, he was unsure if he deferred to the PR person, which is a very, you know, you've know, you got you to make sure that you say the right thing. Very but, corporate. Um, but pretty cool things. You know, I'm pretty excited about machine learning, but, um, and I actually asked him if he would be a guest on our program. Uh, upcoming, so, and he agreed to do that. So um, let's hold off on the machine learning this week because we've talked about it a little bit and we're going to talk about it again. Let's talk about it, a different subject, actually actually two subjects. One is, is that um, there was some pretty big news that crossed the desk in the last couple of days about ABB acquiring GE Automation. Uh, did you see that? Yeah, I did. Um, it was actually, I think it was GE Industrial uh, Industrial Solutions is what they. Yeah, required. I always get them mixed up. Yeah, it's me too. You, what was it like? Like a few years years back when they started breaking up GE because it was yep. too big, and, and all of the, there was a fallout of all of these different little segments, and they're you know you can't keep them straight. But you know what's really interesting to me about this is that GE is really going into this. Uh, really following the GE digital path, right? Uh, but it seems that with some of the divisions that have been uh, spun off or sold off over the last couple of years, uh, they're getting further and further away from the actual control mechanisms, uh, which is an interesting proposition because their whole thing is about the you know, connected factory and tying everything together digitally. And while that's a, a great concept and a theory, uh, I would be more comfortable dealing with an organization that actually had their foot on the you know, feet on the ground, boots on the ground in the factory with with hardware there. So if they get too far removed from uh, some of these automation and control uh, instruments, uh, it might not be as good of a story as it is right now. But that's where ABB is. I mean, they're building the robots that are in these factories. I think it's actually a really good move, and it sort of seems like the what is the goldfish swallowing the whale, whatever that metaphor is? It seems like the little guy is purchasing the big guy, but I think for a, a really good reason. Um, I, was, I was a little surprised that it happened that way, that GE wasn't looking to pick up the robotics. Rather, you know, rather it happened the opposite. Right, and then that's my point. Uh, my point is that it seems that, yeah, for ABB, great move. I, what does it say here, $2.6 billion? 
uh, to acquire GE Industrial Solutions. For ABB, great move. For GE, kind of confused. Um, I would think that the more uh, end nodes that they had direct control over, the more it would feed into their predict solution. You know, the more it would be able to, uh, they'd be able to suck data up into their digital uh, assets. But hmm, I don't know. So you, if I understand this right, you're saying that GE should be, should be thinking more about being an open source company rather than being captive. <laughs> I don't know if I'm saying that, but I know that's where we want to go with this conversation. It's taking us while we get there, so let's dive right in. <laughs> you didn't like my segue? <laughs> it was a stretch. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, the other topic that I wanted to talk about today is, is open source. And uh, it used to be when you talked about open source, you just went to some forum and you pulled down some code. But now open source means so many different things. Um, it means hardware these days, too. You look at some of these people like the uh, Raspberry Pi and Arduino and even uh, BeagleBoard. You know, I look at that stuff as open source hardware. Mm-hmm. Um, people can go to these various places. They can, they're able to pick up inter- interchangeable, interchangeable parts, put it all together like a puzzle, uh, pull down some code, and you have a working design faster than you know it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's a very interesting concept, and the big guys uh, on the IC side are really picking up on this. They're making their um, hardware available to these different uh, board makers, and obviously they're making the software available. You know, it's always about selling more chips. Here's all the software for free. We just want to sell more chips. Um, what do you think about the concept? Uh, I always get really wary when people say open source uh, because it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And open source, uh, while it has many definitions, even at its most basic core definition of, you know, it's just free to use, you know, free free speech kind of thing, not free beer, Um Somebody is behind the creation of the open source software or hardware, and somebody's guiding the evolution of it. You see this a lot uh, in the IoT right now. People are have these open standards and these open source frameworks, but who's the you know man behind the uh, behind the curtain? Like for I for um, Open Connectivity Foundation, uh, you know the Intels are there, the Samsungs are there, and they while they're putting open source <clears throat> technology out. <clears throat> into the market, they're also the invisible hand guiding the development of it. And, you know, when you can't break away from an open source standard, otherwise you're not going to be supported, and there are all sorts of uh, dangers in doing that. So open source is a touchy subject, I think. Yeah, I don't think you're describing it the way that I describe it, though, because what you're describing is something that has to be run. It's open source software, you know, when you do the air quotes, but mm-hmm. it has to run on proprietary hardware. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking more along the lines of software that's out there that can run. I mean, we would be able to run on anything, but it, you know, you'd be able to run on, on any ARM-based processor, for example, or any x86 processor, for example. It doesn't have to be on a specific board or on a specific processor. So, what kind of software is? What 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 kind of software specifically are you talking about? Is there? Do you have something in mind? No, I don't actually. I, this is where I, I need don't. this. This is where I need the soundboard. 
Why, you think I'm going to say something stupid now? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do, I, I do, I understand what you're saying. I just, you know, one, one example of open source that kind of rubs me the wrong way, you touched on it earlier, open source hardware uh, with Raspberry Pi. It is open. The schematics are there. You know, you can add things to it. You can tinker around with it as much as you want. But at the end of the day, there's a Broadcom chip on there that's not sold commercially. If you want to go to mass production with, uh, Raspberry, with a Raspberry Pi-based design, you have to buy a, however many Raspberry Pis you want. Or you can go try to talk to Broadcom, who, unless you're dealing in you know, millions of units, <clears throat> isn't going to talk to you. Yeah, but there's um, a guy in the middle there. You can go to a DISTI and get the quantities that you want. But I don't think people are going to uh, production with a Raspberry Pi-based design. I mean, you know, not too many people are doing that. Use that for your development and, yeah. and for your prototype. You know, I, th- I would agree with you for, from the embedded side of things. You know, in our traditional wheelhouse, Anybody who's a professional, even if they're doing things on the side, knows all of the dangers of just supply chain being one of them, of going to production with an open source uh, piece of hardware like Raspberry Pi. Um, But I do think that there are a lot of startups out there, especially in the IoT world, who say, oh, this is this Internet of Things. All we need is a really stupid sensor. Uh, Let's just use a Raspberry Pi, and they don't really know what they're doing. Most of their expertise is probably in APIs and uh, you know web apps and cloud software, and they will trip and fall uh, as professionals will warn them. But anyway, maybe we're getting a little off topic here. Yeah, but I think you're making it sound more difficult than it is. There's so much stuff out there. You just Google sensors for XYZ application, and you, and you find what you need pretty quickly. Yes, why are we all not embedded engineers? We're not? <laughs> okay. Uh, this is a good topic, and I'd, and I'd like to hear from, uh, from some other folks, you know, maybe some of these foundations that are open source. Maybe we'll get somebody from Eclipse on or something like that. Yeah, see, that's, that's kind of a different – Linux is a different beast in and of itself. Uh, you know, Linux is, is truly, it grew out of open source. And that's when, you know, when, you, when people say open source, that's what, what is truly meant by it and what people are thinking of, where the community is actively involved, they shape the direction of the technology. Where I started having a problem with it is when uh, organizations, companies start having influence over the direction and development of specific uh, types of technology that a lot of people are trying to use or they are trying to push into the market. I think at that point, uh, the level of openness is, you know, the definition of that needs to be trimmed back a little bit. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I think that's good for this week. What do you think? Yep, sounds good. Any need for the soundboard this week? Boing. Okay, I think we need to up the budget a little bit on the soundboard. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, this is Richard Ass, and that was Brandon Lewis. I don't even know if I ever introduced you. He, that's Brandon Lewis, technology editor for Embedded Computing Design, and we are the Embedded Insiders, and we're brought to you by the Trusted Computing Group, who provide proven standards for built-in security. Learn how to secure the insecure Internet of Things and embedded systems at www.trustedcomputinggroup.org. Have a great day, Brandon. You too.